All right, welcome back to Baseball Banter. I'm your host, Justin Gianelli, here on this Thursday, September the 2nd. We have entered the final month of the baseball season, and the playoff push is in full force right now. We are a month from tomorrow, October 3rd, is the final Sunday of the baseball season, and there are a lot of good races going on. And here to talk about it with me is John Stewart. John, welcome. Thanks for having me, Justin. All right, so I do want to start off with a, a big milestone that occurred, I would say, about a week and a half ago. I really haven't been on to talk about it. Uh, and that's Miguel Cabrera hitting his 500th career home run. And you're talking about a generational player who is one of the most feared right-handed hitters uh, we've certainly seen in the 21st century and quite quite possibly of all time. I mean, we could eventually stack his numbers up against other players. I do believe he's still he's he's bad he's still batting over 300 for his career despite you know, the batting average being significantly down over the last few seasons. You know, almost kind of like Albert Pujols where, you know, the batting average has significantly dropped, but, you know, he's still managed to keep, and, and Pujols has done the same, you know, keep a 300 batting average uh, for his career. And, you know, Cabrera sits right now as a, a career 311 hitter. I mean, it, in this day and age, it really just does not get better than that. You know, as we've seen, batting averages basically drop year by year because everybody's become all or nothing. And so, I mean, you know, we are witness. you know, there are, I would say still right now there's a handful of players in Major League Baseball who are locked first ballot Hall of Famers. And Cabrera's one of them. You know, he's had certainly one of the best careers, definitely in our lifetime. And like I, like I said just a minute ago, potentially ever for a right-handed hitter. Yeah, um, I agree. You know, I agree with what you what you've been saying. Um, I I do think that you know, mostly due to the steroid guys, that five hundred home runs isn't quite what it was. Uh, you know, forty, thirty, forty, fifty years ago, but uh, the fact that Cabrera, you know, has really never been. You know, acute, not not even accused. There hasn't even really been any serious, you know, inklings of him doing PED. Nothing. Yeah, the fact that he's really seen as a clean, a clean guy, and the fact that you know he's now get, you know, he got 500 home runs and he's going to most likely get to 3,000 hits. Uh, It's you know, just it's certainly milestones that should be celebrated. And uh, yeah, if. You know, him and him and Pujols are gonna. You know, of the last uh, forty years, they might be. There's certainly two of the top five right-handed hitters. They might be the two top. Period. So, yeah, I agree. And just just like uh, Cabrera, there's never been anything uh, linked to Albert Pujols in terms of steroids, and you know, it's it's also a short list. Guys who've hit got three thousand hits and hit over five hundred home runs. It's a very short list. That's another list Albert Pujols is on, as Albert is actually 
starting to climb towards 700. And, you know, I think he's still about 23, 22 home runs shy of that. But but he's still shown this year. He's got like 18 home runs this year. He's still shown he's got plenty. Albert has plenty of power. And, you know, and for Cabrera, he's, uh, I would he, he looks to be, where is he officially? He has 2,963 career hits, which leaves him 37 shy. I don't think he's going to get 37 hits in the month of September. So you're looking at a, an April milestone next year for for Miguel. And he'll get the 3,000 hits. He is under contract until uh, 2023. So uh, yeah, that does take him to age 40. And I would think these next two years are probably his last. And for Albert, he's a free agent at the end of the year. This is the end of that big Angels contract of 10 years that you know, basically got eaten up and Albert's playing for nothing in LA. And I'd be interesting to see whether Albert keeps playing you know, beyond this year. Now my my my, my thinking would be if the National League does adopt the DH next year, I'd like to see him go to St. Louis and be the be the DH for St. Yeah. Louis next year. And this is a PSA. I know Dave Roberts will never hear this, but you, starting Monday, you guys play four in St. Louis. Albert better start every single game. He really, he really should. So I agree. Yeah, and um, so congratulations to Miguel Cabrera. You know, certainly a, a tremendous career, and you know, look forward to look forward to the milestone next year. And you know, he's gonna he, he's gonna certainly have his day in Cooperstown. So. You know, big so a big congratulations to him. So now we transition as we are in the final month of the season, and the one of the the best the best race in baseball right now is the National League West. And last night, for the first time since April twenty eighth, the Dodgers took over first place. Uh, they went into today leading the Giants by half a game. Now the Giants did win their afternoon game with Milwaukee to avoid a four-game sweep, but they start a weekend series tied against each other. Against each yeah. other, tied. So get your popcorn ready. It's going to be a big weekend between the Dodgers and Giants. Fortunately for the Giants, they will miss Max Scherzer, who pitched last night and was filthy through six. As he just absolutely shut down the Braves, as he had as completely done for the past seven years, and I mean, what an acquisition by the Dodgers to get Max Scherzer, the best pitcher on the market. The you know you you had a terrific position player in Trey Turner, and it just basically further furthers the point that they're not satisfied with that one World Series last year, and they're gunning for it and. I don't know how I don't know if you agree with me or not, but I think the Dodgers are going to win their ninth straight division. I do agree with you. I think that you know the Giants have really been playing you know slightly you know I guess above above their you know they've been above their heads like all all year. They've certainly exceeded expectations, and you know if you look at their numbers, you know they have a very very good team, but. In comparison to the Dodgers, the Dodgers are just like like every year. They're just a juggernaut. They're you know their run differential is the best in baseball. They have 
probably the you know when healthy, when Betts and you know Ballinger are healthy, they have the best lineup certainly in the National League, maybe even all of baseball. And uh, you know, assuming Kershaw comes back, uh, you know, in September, they're going to have uh, a rotation for the playoffs of Walker Bueller, Max Scherzer, Clayton Kershaw, and then Julio Urias. You 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 could argue you you could that you could certainly make a case Kershaw's the three in that rotation. He, he should be. Yeah, and be. Um, I mean. You look you and you look at you look at the Cy Youngs in that rotation with Scherzer and Kershaw and look maybe potentially uh, Walker Bueller this year. Walker Bueller's got to be certainly one of the front runners for National League Cy Young. You know Zach Wheeler has tapered off the last month or so. He's you know his ERA has really risen of late. He's not pitched as well. Uh, so the front runner to me certainly has to be uh, between Kevin Gosman and Walker Bueller. You know they've both been fantastic. They've both been fantastic this year, and but to have a, a rotation of Bueller, Scherzer, Kershaw, and then Urias for Game Four, I, I mean that's I don't know how you're beating that in a in a, in a seven game series because you're gonna have to beat somebody. You got to beat somebody twice. You're gonna have right. to beat somebody twice. You're not beating Scherzer twice. I, I don't think. You're, you're not beating Bueller twice. There's no chance. Mm-hmm. Nope. So, it, it, it's going to make it tough on it. It's well, going to it's gonna come down to the bullpen. Their bullpen is shaky. And that and, and that brings me to, yeah. as well as he's pitched as a starter, do the, do the Dodgers use the fourth game as a potential bullpen game and put, and put Arias in, in the back end of the bullpen like they did last year? Because they like they the, could they couldn't because they couldn't trust Jansen in the biggest of spots last year and you certainly can't trust them this year in the biggest of spots and who was there getting the big outs who was the man on the mound closing out the NLCS and the World Series Julio Arias and he you know he almost took on now he's improved very much as a starter uh, much more than Kenta Maeda did but you saw throughout Ma- Maeda's Dodger career. He was ineffective as a starter, but would pitch big innings out of the bullpen in the playoffs. And he was more effective. So, which, by the way, I want to send best wishes to Kenta Maeda. He just uh, underwent Tommy John surgery. So he will miss the entire 2022 season. But um, but I, I could see Dave Roberts doing that, given the fact that there are not many arms you could really trust back there. I mean, Blake Trinan's been pretty good, but how much do you really trust him? Um, Shane Green's been up and down. Um, you know, after having a good year last year for Atlanta, hasn't really been the same pitcher this year. Um, Jansen's on the downturn. He can't just use his cutter anymore. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's gonna, there's going to be a lot. There's going to have to... Gratterall, like, has really good stuff, but, like, can you... Can he be the guy? He might have he might have some of the best stuff in all of baseball, but he's so inconsistent with it. Sometimes he doesn't know where that hundred mile an hour fastball is going, which is a very scary thought. So look, and and who know and who knows who ends up in the wild card spot because you know, of course San Francisco could definitely win the division. L, you know, we both think LA will, and that would pit that would put them up against either San Diego, who has really fallen off of late. What? 
I don't know what has happened to the Padres. I mean, their entire rotation has gone down. Blake's, yeah, Blake amazing. Snell left, uh, was taken out after seven no-hit innings the other night. Um, Darvish came back, but he got shelled the other day by Arizona. And the Padres are now no lock to make the playoffs because Cincinnati has made a hell of a run. Cincinnati's been a terrific team. And all of a sudden, there are a lot of teams who have closed in. Even, even, even the Mets, who have like three or four other teams to jump over, they're only like five out in the wild card. So the wild card race is really tightening, and that's putting more pressure on San Diego. And it, and it, see, and it seems like Cincinnati looks like the team to pounce. So the Nat- the National League race is really uh, interesting in terms of the West and the wild card. The the National League Central is all but decided, as well as the Reds have played. The Brewers have run away with the National League Central, and, and they're going to be a force come playoff time with Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff at the top of the rotation. I mean, that's almost that's almost as good as one two as anybody. The only team that can say they have a better one two is L.A. So, Milwaukee's going to be a force, and then whoever wins the uh, National League East, and I and I think that's still, right now it, it's, it's 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 a two and a half horse race. Uh, I think Philly's certainly in play. Uh, obviously, Atlanta leads the division currently, and I'd like to see a little more out of the Mets and close a little more ground before I can say they're fully in it. But I can't completely call the Mets dead at this point. You know, five and a half out is not dead. By any stretch of the imagination. No, no, it's it's not. Um, I would call them. Un- I would call them unlikely, but not dead. Is what I would call the Mets. So. So that you know, that's really how the National League shapes up. Um, over in the American League, let me just get the American League standings up. I know the. Uh, American League East looks to be all but decided. Um, the Tampa Bay Rays, just uh, except for yesterday, they lost to Chris Sale, which, by the way, that has been a, a shot in the arm for the Boston Red Sox because besides Chris Sale, they don't really got much to really rely on in their rotation. And th- they actually knocked off the Tampa Bay Rays, ending their nine-game winning streak. But other than that, the, the uh, Rays just don't lose. And you know they cap you know over the weekend they capped off going eighteen and one against the Baltimore Orioles, which good news for Yankee fans they don't have to face them anymore. Right, right. Well, just qu- quickly on um, so just quickly to touch on the, the Yankees versus the Mets division chances, um, the Rays are about to lose today to the Red Sox, so the Yankees are going to be. Six games back in the loss column. Right now, the Mets are five games back of the Braves. So, I mean, if we're being honest, I think they're, I think the Yankees and Mets chances are about even of winning the division. Um, do you, the, I disagree with that, and the only reason why I disagree with that is because of how good Tampa Bay is. To me, Atlanta is clearly a much more vulnerable team, and you and you clearly and you you saw it. They they experienced the same fate the Mets did. They couldn't beat the Giants and Dodgers. I think they I think they lost two out of three to the Giants and got swept by the Dodgers. 
The Rays are miles of the, the Mets. I believe were two, they were two and eleven on that thirteen game run, that thirteen game trip. Exactly, and 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 Atlanta's got and and, and Atlanta's got to go to uh, Atlanta's got to go to San Francisco uh, before all is said and done. So they they still got to play another series with the uh, San Francisco Giants, and I believe when the when they were in Atlanta, I think the Dodgers won that series as well. So the Braves suffered the same fate where they really struggled against the the two classes of the National League, and but in my in my point in comparing them to the Rays, Atlanta's much more vulnerable than Tampa. Tampa to me, and you look at their schedule going forward. They got to play seven. I believe they got to play seven with the Twins, and you know, and that you know, and that. Because they, because remember, them and the Yankees only have one series left, so it's only three games, and yeah. I think that's the last weekend of the season. No, last three games. Yeah, last three. So, I mean, I could give it an outside shot to say the Yankees need to get it within three games to try to sweep and tie, but they're to me they're not going to sweep. The they're not going to sweep. Right, that would be the thing. They have to sweep those three games. Exactly. Okay, so no, I was incorrect. They start three with the they start three with the Twins this weekend at home, and then after another series with Boston, Detroit plays. I mean, Tampa plays seven of the next ten against the Detroit Tigers. You can't help. Right, so you you can't help but you, you can't help but think that's at least six and one. The way Tampa's playing. Probably. And look, Detroit's a much improved team. They're 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 showing a lot of good youth. I think they're even in third place in the American League Central, only a couple games under five hundred. No pushover by any stretch of the imagination. But Tampa has just they've just beaten everybody. And this and this is a team that got off to a very slow start this year. This was a yeah. te- this was a team hanging around five hundred around Memorial Day, and, and now they're and now they're close to forty games over. They're sitting at, yeah, they're thirty-five games over five hundred, be thirty-four uh, after a loss to Boston. But they are, to me, they just their schedule does not, to me, and and the Yankees' schedule themselves is not all that daunting. Um, but you're at a point where you need you need Tampa to lose games, and to yeah, me, I likely. just. I don't see where enough of them are coming from to put them within three games. I mean, you look at the Yankees coming up. They, you know, they got four with the, you know, they got three with the Orioles this weekend, a total of six games altogether. You figure that's likely five and one, hopefully six and oh, if you're the Yankees. Um, they do have that makeup game with the Twins on uh, September 13th. They got four. And then, but then after this weekend, they got four with the Blue Jays. You know that's not exactly going to be easy. You, you know Toronto's Toronto's got a, a yep. bashing lineup, and if you you face Robbie Ray, you're facing their only good pitcher. I mean Ryu's been okay, but not no not really anybody that scares you. The only what it's it, but it does soften up between the tenth through the twenty second, because you get three with the Mets. Uh. I, I wouldn't say the Mets are really an easy game because of the rivalry between the two, but 
You're yeah. you're better than the Mets. You got one game with the Twins. You murder the Twins, and it's Orioles, Indians, Rangers. That doesn't scream scary. And then you no. got, and then your final road trip is at um, at Red Sox, at Blue Jays, which you know playing up at Fenway. That's 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 another tough six games right there. So that schedule does prove to be a little harder than Tampa's, which brings me back to the point where I just don't think they can make up enough games to say that they can yeah. win the division. But no, but no worries for the Yankees. They are in prime position. And th- and this is what the Yankees need to start focusing on sooner than later is m- if you got to move the rotation around, do it, but you have to start lining Cole up to be ready for October 5th. Of course. Because because you're going to host that game too. Whether it's Boston or it's Oakland, you know, you're going to be hosting that game and and pers- so. and personally I and personally I'd rather face Oakland because Chris Sale does provi- provide a big threat and can, and can hold can yeah. hold and can hold the Yankees to zeros just like Cole could. Next thing you know, you're looking at 0-0 in like or 1-1 in the 7th inning. Then things get a little shaky when this year especially Yankees bullpen hasn't been all that great. No, it's it's just it's been at best mediocre. The only the only real the only guy you could really trust trust in that bullpen is Jonathan Loizaga. I mean, right. Chapman looks like he's starting to get himself back together. So if you could go cold with Loizaga Chapman, that should be your winning formula, and nobody else touches the baseball in that game. Yeah, because Chad Green, um, Chad Green's a crapshoot. Now everybody else is basically a crapshoot. I mean, if we're being honest, right now I don't want Chapman anywhere near the Red Sox. The Red Sox always hit Chapman, always. I Every mean, single time he faces them, he gives up at least one run. I don't want him anywhere near that game. Especially I'll have if the it out. Especially if one, yeah, especially if it's one one in the ninth inning or two or two one Yankees in the ninth inning. You're trying to protect that if lead. It's two, if it's two one in the ninth, he will blow it. Oh, if it's two one in the ninth, you hope Cole is a reasonable pitch count. And he's still out there. Yes. Because because you know it's going to be a night like last night. What did he throw? He threw a hundred and nineteen last night. Uh, was it that high? Yeah, because remember he came it out for. One fifteen, I know that. Yeah, because because remember, I think he had like one hundred two or something at the end of six, and then he he went back out yep. for the seventh, right. which I thought was great because he, he's going to have to. I mean, you're you're look you're looking at one twenty one twenty five for Cole in that wild card game. Yes, leaving leaving so, everything on the table. So I mean, you you could look at it as that literally just being Cole's game. Unless unless that one twenty comes in after like seven innings, right? Which 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 it might. You never know. You well, never know these games. You never know. Yeah, and the you know the Red Sox always work good at bats against the Yankees and vice versa. So, you know, it could jack both pitchers' pitch counts up. I mean, Sale looks like he's starting to get back to where he's throwing a, re- a regular amount of like ninety five to one hundred pitches. So Core will probably have him built up perfectly by then. A little a little too early to be looking ahead a month. Month down the line, I think. Yeah, because I don't think Boston's a guarantee because they can't throw they can't throw Chris Sale every day. That's right. the, that's their issue. But then again, if it's Oakland, nobody really scares me. 
Frank, Frankie Montes does not strike, strike fear in me. And what, what are they going to do? Maybe a bullpen game? I, who knows? But to me, those are the two teams that are, you know, other, you know, who else? Let's look at the American League wildcard standings. Seattle. Uh, it's going to be Boston or Oakland as the second wildcard. Yeah, I, I think so. The one team that I that could make a possible run is Toronto. Four and a half outs, not unrealistic. But they do have to jump over Seattle. But you're right. I think it'll be Boston or Oakland. And, and you know, Oakland, they right now sit four and a half back of Houston. So that American League West race is not really over. But I, I do think Houston ends up winning the division. The AL Central is just a forget about it kind of deal. Yeah, Chicago's up 10 games on the Indians. And I'm just waiting for them to... Oh, okay, they do have it up. The elimination number. Their magic number is 21, which is the lowest... Uh, the, cl- the magic number to clinch is 21. The, the division. And that's the lowest of any se- of any second-place team in the, in the American League. So... It'll, I mean, it'll be it'll be fascinating because because you know you'd you'd obviously be going to Chicago, which the Yankees played very. Actually, no, I'm sorry. No, you go to Tampa. Tampa. No, play, yeah, you, play Tampa. it'd be it'd be Tampa because Tampa's got the best record in the American League. I mean, it'd be it'd be good for the revenge tour, but you know Tampa's gonna be tough. I don't. I, nobody knows how the hell they how the hell they do it, but we're always right there. Yeah, the Yankees it would be a very tough series for the Yankees, especially. Three, I think it'll. I think it'll be tougher than the Astros or White Sox. Well, especially playing three, you playing three or five in the Trop. Right. Yankees generally. Where there, where there probably will be, there probably will be more Yankee fans than Ray fans, but the, the this field itself is. An abomination. It, it's the so. wor- it's the wor- it's the worst stadium in baseball. But um, I digress. But still, I mean, that place for the most part's been a house of horrors for the Yankees. So I mean, I, who knows what the hell is going to happen? But wait, what are we showing here? Wait, did they drop the ball? Holy shit! I looked down. I got the I got the Met game on. I. I, I have the Ohio State game recording, so I'll I'll flip to the scores and stuff later on. Um, I saw Baez pop it up to right field, and I said, "All right, forget it. Innings over. There's two outs." Next thing you know, the right field. I, I, I see a replay. The right fielder dropped it, and Alonzo went to third. So it's first and third. Two outs for Jeff McNeil. What? It was just like an easy pop fly. You're an outfielder. You got to catch that. You're a ma- you're a major league right fielder. Yeah, you got to oh. catch that ball. Mets are up four three in the eighth inning, right now. Diaz should be warming up right now and be ready to go. Um, so that that basically kind of covers the the playoff races and you know it looks like for the most part we're pretty set on the teams who are going to make it. Um, again, the only battle really is Oakland versus Boston for the second wild card. You know, and also, you know, and somewhat still Oakland versus Houston for the division. But even if Houston lost the division, they're not going to fall out of the playoff race. 
And then in the National League, it's the NL East is still up for grabs with the with the Phillies closing in on the Braves and the Mets. You know, not quite out of it, but not you know not quite in it. They're kind of more fifty fifty right now. And then the battle between San Diego and Cincinnati for the wild card. And then of course you got the division in in the NL West, but neither you know neither team is going to miss the playoffs. Whoever wins that division will probably have the best record in all of baseball. Yes. So. I agree with that. So that's kind of where we're at with the playoffs, and it's going to be an, it's going to be an exciting month of September. That's for sure. Now, you want to touch on some and some and some awards going into the final month of the season. Yeah, just kind of say who our, you know, our frontrunners are for the awards. All right, so we'll start on your side of the things with the AL. I think uh, sure. we're not even going to go over MVP because there is no there is no other option. It's option A yeah. and option A only in Shohei Otani. And yeah. and I and I am going to give my top three. I'm going to give my top three, but Otani's going to win. But uh, go, go ahead, we're going to. Okay. Gonna no, yeah, it, I, I was going to say. And I'm sure you have him in the top three as well. It's very unfortunate because Vladimir Guerrero's had a, a, a great year in his own right. But, mm-hmm. and I got to look at the numbers. It might be some of the best numbers in Blue Jays history. I mean, I know Delgado had a ton of high home run seasons. But, you know, it could be up there for one of the great Blue Jays single season performances by Vladimir Guerrero Jr. So... I'm sure you probably have him in your top three as well. Yep. So um, Otani's going to win it just because, if for nothing else, the, the fact that he's been one of the best hitters in the American League and he's also a very good pitcher, something literally we haven't seen in 100 years. Yep. So he's obviously the slam dunk choice, even though the Angels, you know, are not going to make the playoffs. Um Second, uh, I do have Vlad Guerrero Jr., who's had a, a hell of a year after being a, a real disappointment his first year and a half or two years. Yes. Last you know, last couple of years. And third, uh, I think absolute question has to be Aaron Judge. He's He is so important to that. I mean, it's so obvious to say, but he's so important to that lineup. If he's if he's not there, they're, they're, an, they're an average offensive lineup. That's how important he is to them. Just it's, it's very simple. Yeah, I mean, judges judges had a ter- judges had a terrific season, and he's certainly he's certainly in the conversation. And but I'm going to I am going to disagree with you on on third on third place. So you and I both have Otani one and uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. second. But I'm I'm gonna go I'm gonna go with Jose Abreu third. I mean, you're talking about the runner up from la- the winner from last year. You know he has he leads the league with 102 RBIs. He's got 28 homers and 24 du- uh, 24 doubles, an OPS of eight 8- 8.43, which I thought was would be a little higher. Let me look at the Judge. What's his OPS? No, Judge has got a beaten OPS. He's got him. He's got so. Okay, he's so, at nine thirty. Yeah. I think. Yes, nine thirty four. So Abreu has RBIs. 
judges home runs and OPS. So actually, it's it's kind it's kind of debatable. It's kind of debatable right there. But I'll I'll slightly edge I'll slightly edge 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 him out and put Abreu third. All right. Um, you want me to move on to, to Cy Young or just go to NL MVP? Uh, well, we'll yeah, we'll do we'll do MVPs, Cy Youngs, and then Rookies of the Year together. So let's go to the National League MVP. For uh, for National League MVP, let's see if we agree here. You know, there's real, there's real, there's no real slam dunk choice like the American League. Um, I think there's a few guys that legitimately have a chance. Uh, right now, my um, who I'd have winning would be Fernando Tatis, just because he's clearly you know one of the top five hitters in baseball at such a young age. And, I mean, his impact on, the, on San Diego is, you know, similar to Aaron Judge with the Yankees. Like, without him, they're not, they're not that good. So, um, Tatis is one for me. Uh, Bryce Harper would be second. Uh, you know, again, carrying that Phillies team to within a game and a half of the uh, National League East lead. And third, you know... It's it'd be it's tough to because the Dodgers are so loaded, but I think kind of like by default, uh, Max Muncy's been from day day one until till now. He's he's been their most consistent guy. He has their best is the best numbers on the team, and you know with all the injuries they've had, that's his missed time. Corey Seager's missed time. You know, Bellinger. Uh, Bellinger. Oh, oh, Bellinger. Oh, oh, by the way, and 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 when healthy, he's sucked. Right. Bellinger's had a whole. Bellinger's had a horrendous year, to a yeah. point where Dave Roberts said he's not starting against lefties anymore. That's crazy. Cody Bellinger, a former cool. MVP, is a platoon player right now. Now the Dodgers could do it because they got so much freaking depth. Right. But, like you said, and you and I are going to agree on two of the three finalists. Yes. I do not have Bryce Harper in there. Mm, I think that's a little that's a little anti Philly. It's, no? it's not. No, it's not. I, I, can, I can come up with three better guys. And I'm actually going to give my MVP award to Max Muncy. Because wow. I think at I think we've gotten to the point where he's missed Chatis has missed too much time. Because he's been okay. on, he's been on the injured list three times this year. So, uh, but yeah. I but I'll give I'll give, I'll give Fernando Tatis the runner up. I mean, you you touched on it best. Yes, the Dodgers are loaded, but there's been times where it's looked like a skeleton Dodger lineup, and there's Max Muncy bashing home run after home run. He's got thirty home runs on the year. By the way, I think we might have set a record last night for Maxes in a game because Max Muncy hit a home run off Max Freed. Scoring a run for Max Scherzer, so I think we set a max record last night. Nice, but um, so I'm gonna give it slightly over Tatis to Max Muncy, and then third, here's an, another guy. Where would this team be without him? Is Freddie Freeman? Yeah, he'd be my fourth guy. You know, Freddie Freeman uh, got all his. He's had he's had some years where he gets off this really freaking slow start. 
and then next thing and then next thing you know he's hitting near 300 you know and then you know going to drive in close to 100 runs and and hit 30 to 35 homers and and you you talk about a team that has dealt with injuries which and by the way Edward Diaz just went 1 2 3 to close out the Marlins so it turns out to be technically a two game sweep because the first game on Tuesday actually counts towards April 11th and I want to get to a fun fact stat in a little bit after we're done with our awards um Marcelo Zuna got hurt and then had the domestic violence and he's no longer playing Ronald Acuna Jr. tore his ACL out for the season you know Travis Darno, who had a big breakout year last year as an offensive catcher has missed missed three and a half months before coming back Ozzy Alb, I don't know what his status was. He fouled the ball off his leg, knee last night and had to get carried off. I don't know what his status is going forward. I mean, but the Braves have lost player after player after player, yet Freddie Freeman still continues to produce at an MVP-type level. You know, and you're talking about a guy who was the defending MVP from last year. And Jerry Familia has nine wins out of the bullpen. That's quite a lot, yeah. by the way. Um, yes, yeah, he's nine and three on the year. He's got more wins than Sandy Alcantara. Alcantara, oh. Alcantara is eight and thirteen. Not that it's all his fault. The Marlins suck. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. But that's what that. Yeah, but um, the the way Freddie Freeman has been able to carry the Braves to hang around in the National League East, even though the Mets were kind of mediocre for a couple of months but to keep the Braves around he hit him keeping them around was really the big reason behind them go getting Jock Peterson them go getting Adam Duvall you know getting Eddie Rosario from Cleveland you know so they made all these upgrades and that, and now the Braves have started to take off that, that that can't be lost in the conversation on how Freddie Freeman kept this team alive yeah, because no, 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 Freddie Freeman. This Braves team, even with the guys that they added, no Freddie Freeman. This team's no good. Agreed. And especially all the injuries they've had to their pitching too. I mean, it's just been a. Cold. I mean, they've they're like the Dodgers and the Mets, suffering injury after injury after injury, and but there's that one consistent force in Freddie Freeman. So let's move on to the American League Cy Young. So I think this is the you know the clearest three guys you know of the of the awards. Um, I think uh, for me, Garrett Cole uh, absolutely is you know the front runner right now. He's my choice at number one, and if he continues to pitch even close to how he did last night against the. The Angels in his, um, you know, where right 15 minutes from where he grew up. If he continues to pitch similar to that, he's going to win the award, hopefully unanimously. And, yeah, you know, leads to the American League uh, in wins, strikeouts. Um, he's very close to Lance Lynn and Robbie Ray in ERA. And I believe he's thrown more innings than both. Um, he's just been, you know, other than a couple starts here or there, he's been a beast. He has been absolutely the guy the Yankees paid uh, 
and hoped that they were getting. Yeah. Which has been great to see. Yeah. I will make um, I will make one guarantee. He's not if he wins, he's not gonna win unanimously. I'll make that guarantee. It won't be unanimous. Do you think Shohei Otani is gonna win unanimously? For MVP? Yeah. Yes. Yes. And then I think National League MVP will be a close battle. So, so you got Fair Cole. Enough. You got uh, you got Cole as your front runner. Okay, who do you got two I and three? Cole at one. I have Robbie Ray at two, who's you know kind of not come out of nowhere, but after you know in Arizona where he had a couple really good years, but then a couple of years where I guess there was injuries and you know he didn't perform that well. Um, he's he's been great for the Blue Jays. He's you know like you mentioned, he's their one consistent reliable pitcher, right. and. You know, has all the requisite numbers. He's second in strikeouts. Um, you know, second in ERA as well. Yeah. And Lance Lynn for me is third for two reasons. First and foremost, look at that rotation. Carlos Rodon, I guess before, you know, before he got hurt, Rodon was incredible. You know, they have Dylan Cease and Lucas Giolito. All um, I was, uh, I believe. All four pitchers, Lynn included, are in the top, like, 15 in the American League in the strikeouts. So the White Sox, you know, have been have had consistent pitching all year, and not just from Lance Lynn. The Yankees have not, outside of Cole. The Blue Jays really haven't, outside of Robbie Ray. And so that, for me, and second for Lynn, why he's third, is um, he's, uh, the, you know, he hasn't pitched as many innings. He's also, he's, now, cur- he's currently he's hurt. Yeah, he's back on the IL. So, um, those are my three. So, we we actually agree with the the, the three in the same order. Uh, I do have Cole Ray and Lynn in that order. Um, you know, Rob, you know Robbie Ray actually set a record because he pitched his he pitched his one thousandth inning uh, in his last start, and he set a record for most strikeouts in the first thousand innings. Of of a pitcher's career, he's currently at a thousand and one innings, and a thousand and one and two thirds innings. Robbie Ray has one thousand two hundred forty four career strikeouts. So he's the fastest in history. Most strikeouts. The most strikeouts by anybody through their first a thousand innings. That doesn't. That that seems hard to believe. Yeah, and he's been in the league for nine seasons. Yeah, he's been in the league for nine, uh, for eight seasons, and he's just always, he's been always a high strikeout guy. But you know, one of the things that, and and the reason why I don't think it'll be unanimous, and I think Robbie Ray will get plenty of votes himself, is he's finally put it together. You know, coming up, I believe he was in the the Tiger, yeah, he was in the Tiger organization, and I believe he was a part of that. Let me see, I think he was a part of the Scherzer trade. No, 2014. I'm trying to think what what trade was he in? He was traded. The, no, he was a part of the D.D. Gregorius trade. That three-team trade with Arizona. That's interesting. Arizona, Detroit, and the Yankees. Shane Green went to Detroit. Um, D.D. to the Yankees. Robbie Ray to Arizona. So... You know, Robbie Ray had an issue of walks his entire career. He's cut that down 
He's obviously it's obviously helped cut his ERA down. Um, but you know, like you said, there is no. To me, there is no clear front runner right now, because I think you could make a case for Robbie Ray. You could make a case for Lynn, but I want to see how much time he misses before he's potentially going to fall off. So I'll put an asterisk next to Lynn right now. And Cole has been Cole has been great of late. But you could certainly make an argument for Robbie Ray where it's not a complete travesty if he wins it over Garrett Cole. It, you know, that... uh, dis- disagree. Disagree. I think it would I think it would be not a travesty, but it would it would not to me it would not make sense. To me, Cole clearly is one and Ray clearly is two. But that that's just that's my I'll put it I'll put it in comparison that this would not be as bad as Porcello winning it over Verlander. That was about okay. as that was about as bad of highway robbery as as possible. I mean, good for good for Porcello. He got his Cy Young, but that was certainly Verlander's year. Yeah, it was. Um, so I see the race a little bit closer, but right now I give Garrett Cole the edge. And who knows? Maybe Cole widens the gap in September. Like you said, if he pitches the way he did against the Angels, um, if he continues to pitch, you know, even somewhat close to that, it doesn't have to be that exact outing every time. He pitches somewhat close to that, Cole's going to widen the gap. Cole's going to win the Cy Young. I'd put him right now as the leader in the clubhouse, but I wouldn't say a 100% clear front runner. So, we both agree, we both agree on Cole for the American League Cy Young. Now, in the National League, I'll, I'll go first here. I have I have Walker Buehler as number one. He's he is moved in front. And you know, I mean, where would the Dodgers or why where would the Dodgers be from a pitching standpoint without him? Because you have Clayton Kershaw who's missed the better part of two Two three, yeah. two, three months, you know, Trevor Bauer being a knucklehead and basically costing himself his career. Um, uh, I don't know about career season for sure. Well, there's, well, they're they're saying there's going to be a, there could be a potential of a two year suspension. Well, if he goes, to, if he goes to jail, then I mean that that is besides even, but no, well, even even not, if he doesn't, he's from MLB. He's facing a a, a very lengthy suspension. And one person said it could be closer, close to two years, out of baseball. Interesting. So, I mean, and then and you're you're talking about a, a guy who's thirty years old right now, might not be on a big league mound until he's thirty three, and then he'd be a free agent. I mean, who's gonna want that headache? So it right. it, it yeah. is possible. It is possible Bauer's throwing his last pitch in the big leagues, and you know, a, gr- a very talented pitcher, but. He's always been a knucklehead, and now he just did something severely stupid. And you know who who the hell knows? He's, he was he was a headache to begin with. Now this is just extra baggage. But and then, you know, there was high hopes for Dustin May coming into the year. We forget he's been out all year after Tommy John surgery. So, what Walker Bueller has done to stabilize that Dodger rotation now coupled with Scherzer coming in and a potential return of Kershaw. But Bueller has has really held the fort with the way he's pitched for the Dodgers all year. Number two, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go with Kevin Gosman. I mean, he has been a revelation. You know, 
you as a Yankee fan got to watch him pitch a number of times against the you know when you know playing the Baltimore Orioles, and he, he was basically just a punching bag. He was basically yeah, he, he, he was basically batting practice. Get get six seven runs, knock him out in the second inning. He was gone. He goes to San Francisco. He, you know he just like uh, Anthony DiSclefani. They've found themselves as a as a pitcher, and Gausman's taken it to a whole nother level. You know, and and I think right now because Degrom's been out of the qualifications due to the injury, I, th- I believe Gausman leads the National League in ERA. I think it's Bueller. Let me double. Let me double check on that. It's Bueller. I have it up. It's Bueller. <laughs> Is it? Bueller's at two hundred five. He's oh, I did. You know, I knew he. I knew he was good. I didn't know it was that. I didn't know it was that low. Let's see, two hundred five. Oh, he's got the best in all of baseball. Mm-hmm. Gosman's up to two five two. Uh, Burns and Woodruff is, looks like they've missed. No, no, not Woodruff. Looks like Burns missed a few starts. So, but I'll still go with Bueller one, Gosman two. And I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with uh, Brandon Woodruff, number three. Uh, Wood, Woodruff is nine and seven with a two three five ERA, and 185 strikeouts in 157 innings. You know, you know, yep. it, it was thought for a while, early in the second half, that Zach Wheeler was pushing for the Cy Young, but he is, like I talked about earlier, he he's really fallen off. And his ERA is, you know, his ERA is mid threes now. It's not low. No, no, actually, it's at three, three hundred one. Three hundred one. So, but he's fallen to fourteenth in the National League. And you know, and you, and you know who's got a better ERA than he does? Marcus Stroman. <laughs> there you go. Mark. Um. Well, you know what? We uh we agree here. We have we agree on the three pitchers and in the same order. Same order. Um, yep. I, I I considered Zach Wheeler at three, but you know ERA to me is the biggest stat for a pitcher, and Woodruff's being that much lower now than Wheeler's. Plus the fact that Woodruff is getting a lot of strikeouts, um, and you know a couple of him you know, his a lot of quality starts. His WHIP is very good, and. Um, and the Brewers are in first place, so yeah, those those are. I'd agree with you on the three guys. A, a, a team that's basically locked locked into the po- the postseason at this point. The, the the two stats I look at are ERA strike uh, three stats actually ERA strikeouts and WHIP. And mm-hmm. when you have a WHIP that's under one, I mean that's just freaking ridiculous. Point nine four for Brandon Woodruff. Uh, Zach Wheeler is at a one. Well, I mean, one point oh two is no slouch. You know, one batter per inning is is pretty damn good. But he's got the ed- he's got the edge in all those except for strikeouts. So Wheeler's been big on strikeouts all year, but ERA is the number one defining stat. So we agree on that. Yeah. And now we move on to. Um, Rookie of the year. You can, you can, you can go. All right. So, 
I'll start in the National League because I know the National League a little bit more with the with the rookies. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna be taking John Jonathan India. We don't got we we don't have to do a top three for rookies of the year. We can just do our our, our pick. You know, John, Jonathan India. You didn't know his name before the season started, but all he's done is you know, in a in a good red line good red Reds lineup too. Spend his year spend his year as the leadoff hitter, bat two seventy with seventeen homers, fifty nine RBIs. He's got an eight thirty four OPS, a slugging of four fifty three, and to me an eight thirty four OPS out of a, a leadoff hitter. Pretty damn good. It's, yeah, it's, sure. it's pretty. It's pretty good. Um, you know, Zach uh, Zach Thompson has has kind of fallen off a little bit for the Marlins. I mean, yeah, Zach Thompson and uh, Te- uh, Ro- Trevor Rogers they they've fallen off a little bit. You know, for Miami. You know, I know Rogers was in the conversation earlier in the year, but. That real, you know, that never really uh, panned out. So I'll go. I'll go with uh, India. And who did we originally have in the American League? Uh, I gotta look more. Actually, I don't remember who the top rookies are in the American League. Um. Got a lot of dead air here that I'm gonna eventually have to cut out. Um, yeah, uh, the, the rookies the one. Rookie, the rookies of the year are always the toughest ones. Yeah. Of the year. Let's see what we got here. What will it take? This is a week ago. What will it take for Trevor Rogers? Yeah, I keep for, uh, I keep forgetting Randy Rosarena is a rookie, but I don't think he's done all that much this year. <clears throat> the favorite and our rookie of the year, Ailsley Young. Oh, that's right. Oh, that's right. Ado- Adolis Garcia, the Rangers had a, a solid year. Um. He's got this ridiculous ombre streak. Could could they give it to Wander Franco or the Rays? They they could. I don't know if he probably hasn't played enough. Probably doesn't have enough at bats. Would yeah? Uh, is this a potential Gary Sanchez situation? You know, obviously with a, a lot less power. I mean, he does have seven home runs. That's no no slouch. But uh, he's played he's played fifty five games for the Rays. This is almost like a Gary Sanchez situation where Gary played like 60 games in 2016, but he was so ridiculous that he almost uh, got Rookie of the Year. So I would say that um, I would say it's between Adoles Garcia and uh, Wander Franco at this point. We'll see how the voters we'll, we'll see how the voters go for that. So, all right. So, those are the major awards. Any more comment on the rookies of the year? Or? Uh, no, nope. Okay. So, I wanted I wanted to bring in a couple, of, uh, bring in a fun factoid uh, about that Mets suspended game. That's that was Tuesday afternoon. I also 
want to uh, bring in another fun fact. Where is it? Is it ESPN? Yes. So for the first time since 1985, and this is tonight's Mets game, by the way. So the first pitch of the game, uh, thrown by Carlos Carrasco to Miguel Rojas. Home run, home run to left field. Marlins end up scoring two in the first. And then bottom of the first, Alcantara takes the mound. Jonathan Villar steps to the plate. First pitch, home run. First time since 1985, both leadoff hitters hit a first pitch home run to start the game. Really? Yes. Interesting. So that's a little fun factoid. Another fun factoid, and I, I found this before MLB dug this up and ESPN dug all this up because I was interested. So the Mets' first game counted for stats on on April 11th because it was because the game started. It was considered suspended. Okay, and it was made up. And so, and actually, in that game, Brian De La Cruz for the Marlins, quote unquote, got his first major league hit. Even though he had hits in the big, yeah. Even though it's August and he's already had hits in the big leagues. And the same thing even happened for guys for Jonathan VR and Brandon Nimmo, who homered in that game. It was their first home run of the season. Even though VR hit his 16th and Nimmo hit his fifth. So I looked at that day and I said, what did Javier Baez do on April the 11th for the Cubs? One for four, solo home run. He became the, the second player since 1901. And it was Cliff Robinson in 1985. And this was the same situation. He played for the Cleveland Indians that day. And then played later in the season for the Cubs on a day, on a, on a day that counted for the day he got an RBI for the Indians. Two different teams. Yes. Javier, wow. Javier Baez got a single in the, in the, in the ninth inning uh, to, drive it, to, to make it a one-run game. So he got an RBI for two different teams. On April 11th, based on that. So he he played for two teams technically on April 11th. Yes. And, and he and he recorded and he recorded an RBI for each team. Yeah. Crazy stuff. That is that is a pretty crazy stat. I mean, and and it was very fitting that after everything that had happened, he was he was the one who came through with that and then ends up scoring the uh, winning run for the Mets' victory that day. So that was that was the fun little, fun little factoid that I wanted to bring up. Um, and then there are more negative things about the Mets, and that this time it involves Mets acting general manager Zach Scott, uh, who got busted for a DWI after being found falling asleep at a traffic light in White Plains, New York. And it's just another shit show in the Mets season. I mean, it's like they can't avoid crap. Yep, just when you think you've, you've turned the corner, it happens again. You know, That's... whether it's the whole Jared Porter scandal, and then he had to get fired, you know, whether it's the rat and raccoon between Lindor and McNeil, and then you have the whole thumbs down. Right, which, was just, which was just them fighting. Yes, basically, it was them getting into a scuffle in the, in the tunnel. And that's all they want to make it out to be, Rat Raccoon. Um, or whether it is, you know, 
the, the, th- the thumbs down. The th- thumbs down that was just over the weekend, and now the and now this whole thing with Zach Scott, who is by the way been now been placed on administrative leave, and Sandy Alderson is again basically running the team. So, and and not only did and not only did Zach Scott do this, he did this after leaving a charity event at Steve Cohen's house where a bunch of Mets players and Met manager Luis Rojas was there, a bunch of team executives were there. A lot, you know, and he was like one of the few people who was dri- who were driving themselves. Because I heard Luis Rojas on with Carton Roberts yesterday. He said that most, most players, oh, strip sack. Oh, that's gonna be a scooped score for the Buckeyes. They are up thirty to twenty-one now. Um, but Rojas said pretty much everybody, pretty much all the players, uh, Luis, they all left Monday night on the team bus and went back to their cars at City Field. So, Zach was one of the few who drove by himself, and but. Never but, but the other thing is, the other thing is, he, they they, Luis said they all wrapped up around eight thirty eight forty five. He was found at four seventeen in the morning. What happened between? What was he doing? Well, did I mean did did he go did he go did he go out to a bar afterwards? Pro- probably. Yeah, you know. What else is he gonna do for six hours? Well. That might, well, that that might have been when, yeah, yeah, because I mean, how how long could he have been there before the cops found him? I mean, I know there's not much traffic on the road between one and four a.m. So you know, could he have fallen asleep at like two, and then a cop finally comes strolling by at four in the morning and busts him? I I don't know, but um, it's certainly a strange situation. Um, obviously now it it all but guarantees that you're cleaning. The front office completely out. You would think, and you're gonna have to hire a new president of baseball operations, a GM, and all of that next off season. And whether or not Sandy Alderson comes back, who the hell knows? And uh, definitely, definitely, you know, front office aspect of it. But I think, you know, as as much as he can, I think Steve Cohen's gonna want to ch- completely change the outlook of this team. Do you agree or disagree? Um, yes, and who's gonna want to get rid of? At least half the team. Yeah, yeah, I could see a lot. I could see a lot. Of the ro- the roster looking a lot different next year. Um, I would just because it's been the same. It's been the same guys now for three, four years, and it hasn't worked. Yes, I would say, J D. Davis, Dominic Smith, Jeff McNeil, are certainly three goners. Um, as for the pitching. Mm-hmm. It's going to be interesting. I would like to think that they bring Marcus Stroman back on a multi-year deal. Um, I think as long as they offer the qualifying offer, there's no way Noah Syndergaard turns that down, having missed two years. Do you think the Mets front office, well, I mean, they're going to, people right now are probably going to be going anyway, but do you think, you know, the Mets' new front office, whoever it is, is going to, you know, care about the fact that Marcus Stroman like tweets like a lot and like really gets you know goes back and forth with fans well, I hope I hope not I mean people 
right. I, I, I have, you know, I, I, I follow Marcus on Twitter, and, you know, I, I read a lot of his tweets. People on, people on Twitter treat him like shit. Let's, let's, put, let's call it like it is. It's, it's true. There are, there are, I would say, a good portion of the Met fan base that just hates him because he's black. It's that it's that simple. They call him. They call. They call him. They call him a diva. They, you know, you know. They call. You know. They call him all kinds of things that I'm not going to say. Do they also hate Dominic Smith? No, but he's also not. He's also not out there. He's also not out there like Strowman. Right. And you know, and you know, anytime. Okay. Anytime they 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 see Scher, they see Scherzer pumped up, or you know, or, or anybody white pumped up, like yeah, he's he's, he's energetic. And but anytime, I know where, I know where you're yeah, going. exactly. I don't want to get into a wormhole because I I like Strowman and I I want him I want him to I want him to resign because I want I want a Marcus Strowman jersey. I like Marcus Strowman, I, and I want him back. He has been our. He's been our most consistent pitcher all year. I mean, yes, he's nine and twelve or eight and twelve or whatever the hell it is. He's getting worse run support than Jacob Degrom did in twenty eighteen. Right, that's why you got to throw win loss out the out the window. Again, what he's sixth in the National League in ERA. I mean, he's had he's had a terrific year, and. He's the only guy in that rotation that's been out there every five days. Everybody else has had some kind of injury. DeGrom has missed half the season. Carrasco missed half the season to start the year. Tywon Walker had an IL stint. David Peterson's been long gone. You know, he's the only guy. He's been the constant in the Met rotation. And I certainly look at him as a very good two to three in a rotation behind DeGrom going forward. You know, and, you know, and maybe behind Syndergaard next year. Who knows? Because, you know, I mean, Syndergaard would, Syndergaard would be dumb to leave for anywhere else when he's likely to get the qualifying offer where he's going to make 19 to $20 million next year. He'd be stupid. He's not getting $20 million a year after missing two years. Yeah. So... Yep. I, and I, there's not enough time for him to play into a contract because there's a month left in the season, and he's going to be probably a reliever. So there's not enough time for him to play into a contract. So, yeah. Yeah, no, he'll take the one year. He'll take a one year prove it deal that he can become an elite pitcher again. I, I agree, and un, unlike Michael Conforto, who also I think is another guy who I think will be gone at the end of the year. Um, I think Noah would would be poised for a absolute monster year next year. We'll see. To to me, there, in my opinion, there are very few starting pitchers in all of baseball who has better stuff than Noah Syndergaard. I mean, from the unhittable fastball to the just nasty slider. I mean, when his. When he's throwing his slider proper, and you know, and hopefully next year he's able to throw that slider again, because he's not he's not able to throw it right now. You know, once you know, it, it's one of, it's one of the best sliders in all of baseball. 
the problem with Syndergaard is he's never been 100% consistent. We've we've always seen the flashes of how great of a pitcher he can be. But he's he's never put it all together. And I think he would certainly attempt to put it all together next year in in search of a contract. So, but you're right. Yeah, you're you get more into the Mets off potential off season when it gets there. <laughs> yes. So, but like you said, it's, it's probably gonna look a lot different next year. So. So, any, any final thoughts on this uh, last month? Well, final thoughts. Kind of re- really touched on everything. Um, you know, just try and keep you know. For the, on the, for the Yankees aspect of it, um, try and, you know, keep the guys healthy. Try, you know, this is the time of year where I'm okay giving Judge, you know, two days off in the span of seven games or so. Or, you know, um, letting Garrett Cole skip a start or, you know, capping him at 90 pitches to kind of keep him, you know, ready for the postseason because – you know, the reality is the Yankees are most likely going to be the wild card, and it's not worth killing yourself trying to catch Tampa. So, and same know, and same with Giancarlo Stanton. Yes, same because with because you're because you're going to want Giancarlo Stanton to be your every everyday left fielder. But he's, but he's hitting now, absolutely. He's got and he's got to be the everyday left fielder in the postseason. So you go with uh, Stanton in left, Judge in center, Gallo in right. That way, you could DH Luke Voigt. Yep. And then you really have your best. Sure. Then you really have your best lineup. Because that, because that right there is your A plus lineup. So it is. It, it, so it if is. if you're telling me, Giancarlo's down to playing three to four days a week and gets two days off, I mean it right now. Bits best for the Yankees. Because for the most yep. part, except for I think one IL stint, you've kept Giancarlo healthy. And other than this is, and knock on wood, other than COVID, you've kept Judge healthy. Yep. So now, now is certainly and, and, Garrett, and Garrett Cole as well. Other than the COVID, other than COVID, so now is the time. Now is the time to keep them fresh enough where they're continuously getting at bats, but recognizing okay, days off are good at this point. Because yep. it keeps them, it keeps them fresh. So I think you're 100 percent right on that. Yeah, those are my, that's my thoughts. And you know, and my la- one last thought on on the Mets is, you know, make it as good. A, you know what? Just do what you do what you're doing right now. Just beat up on the Nationals and Marlins, because just like we came through a 13 game stretch of playing the Dodgers and Giants, we're we're in the midst of playing, uh, I believe, 15 in a row against the Marlins and Nationals. And right now the Mets are five and one. So good start. Uh, actually, they're actually they're four and one because that win on Tuesday, that that win on Tuesday afternoon actually made them three and three. <laughs> so it's actually not a, it's a four it's a four game winning streak. It's not a five game winning streak, even though they've won five in a row. Oh shit! The Mets have won five in a row. I feel like that was ages ago. Can't remember the last time this team won five in a row. But, you know what? And you know what? It, for Lindor and Baez, just perform. You know, I, I, I said on Monday, well, actually, I really haven't talked about their apologies. But, you know, I, I forgive them for, you know, they're, they're being asses. But, you know, I forgive them. And all you, you know, 
all will be all will be well if 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 you if you hit and you win. So um, that's all that's all that matters to me. You know what what happens with Baez in the off season? Who the hell knows? But you know right now just win and let's see if let's let's see if they can make a run. I I don't right now buy it, but you know I you know, I'm not gonna again with another win tonight. I'm not gonna sit here and completely dismiss it. So, all right. So the the final final thing I'm gonna do is I'm just gonna run through Thursday's scores, and we got so the finals we got here. Phillies defeat the Nationals seven six. Nationals led that game six to nothing. By the way. And I believe this is the seventh time the Phillies beat the Nationals in which the um, Nationals held a run of three runs or more. Wow. Uh, A's defeat the Tigers 8-6 to today. Giants even up the, the, even up the division by a 5-1 to one victory over the Brewers. Those are the finals. On the Mets defeat the Marlins 4-3. to three. Currently going on, we got top of the eighth, Cubs 5, Pirates 3. In the top half of the ninth inning, we got the Indians 4 and the Royals 1. And the aforementioned Atlanta Braves, they're currently leading the Colorado Rockies 6-5 to five in the bottom of the sixth. It is your typical Coors Field game right now over there. So I expect, I expect there to be plenty of more runs before the game ends against the... And, you know... They they're playing four with the Rockies, you know. People might say, "Oh, that that's easy. You're playing the Rockies, not in Denver." Yeah, no. Forty three and twenty two. We talked we talked about this on Sunday. Away away versus home is a big difference. They are they this year they have certainly been the course field effect for sure. So, all right, that's gonna wrap it up for this this edition of Baseball Banter. We'll talk to you next time, John. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, this was fun. Thanks, Justin. All right, have a good night, guys. See you soon.